everyone, it's Jeff from MCS Mag, and you've heard that survival is about beans, bullets, and band-aids, right? Well, today we're going to talk about the beans. Well, actually, we're going to talk about beyond the beans. Check this out. Bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging. Would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Welcome everyone, this is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And when we talk about survival, we, you know, we know that there are just a few key pillars that you have to have taken care of, right? I mean, they're the things that we learn about in grade school, right? You need shelter, you need food, you need water, and you need security. And those are the basic areas that we cover in survival. Now, shelter, pretty easy to take care of, right? You have your home, hopefully you can survive in place, pretty much taken care of. Water, again, not too hard to take care of. There's several ways to purify water either in a survive-in-place scenario or even in a bug-out scenario, not too hard. Security, a little bit trickier, right? But we talk about different ways that you can defend yourself, protect your family, protect yourself when the other people who are not prepared become more of a threat around you. But it's the last one. It's food, where I see a lot of people really either not optimizing their program or just entirely getting it wrong. They become too dependent upon things that you think are always going to be there in a survival scenario, but they're not. For example, growing a garden, great idea, definitely gives you food right now, even during, quote unquote, peacetime. But in a situation where food is scarce, an outdoor garden could very easily become the target of other people around you. People are putting together things like pantries of canned goods and dry goods. Again, really good idea really good for now, even during peacetime, and can help in a survive-in-place scenario. However, they're not really necessarily the most mobile way to be, able to, hold, uh, to be able to keep your survival food going. And dry goods, well, if you're in some sort of a natural disaster, dry can become wet goods very easily if it's things like flooding, hurricanes, even tornadoes can really wreak havoc. The environment can become kind of in your home, and all of a sudden, all that food is no longer good. So that's why we always say the best solution that you have is always going to be some sort of a survival, some sort of food kits that are designed specifically for survival. Now, I'm sure if you've been on my list at all or if you've seen any of our emails, you know that I'm a big supporter of Food for Patriots and their food kits that they have. It's what I have for my own family. So, yes, this is an endorsement for them. If you want to check them out, you can go to PatriotSurvivalFood.com. I know the owner over there. I'm a big fan of their foods, and I have a year's worth of survival food kits for every member of my family. So if everything got wiped out, we would at least have a year's worth of supply of food without any sort of other add-ons to that at all. So number one, I'm a big fan of survival food kits. Okay, and what I like about the Patriot, the Patriot food kits, are that they're stackable. They come in, they come in plastic bins. 
They are stackable, so they go easily underneath beds or in closets. They can be kept up in up in attics, in basements. They stay very, very, uh, very shielded from the elements and from from other things. So they they have a 25-year shelf life. They're delicious. They're nutritious. They have lots of carbs and the added nutrients that you need in order to be able to survive through a scenario. So long story short, I'm a big fan of the Food for Patriots uh, line of stuff. They become the number one bestseller for a reason. So what I want to do today was, um, even when I get my food kits in, they go through a little bit of a metamorphosis because I add these certain elements to them to make them even better, to optimize my survival food plan, okay? So what I want to do with this podcast was give you my top 10 items that I add to my own survival food kits that will help you in a survival scenario, all right? So I'm going to quickly go through these top 10. Now, the first thing I'll say is that um, you want to put these inside of some sort of a protective uh, bag, all right? So the best thing you can do is to go out and get yourself a vacuum sealer. Now, vacuum sealer is one of those things that you see where they basically, it's like a, a see-through plastic bag, only it vacuums out the air and it seals the bag at the same time. So these are really inexpensive. I have a Nesco, and I got it off of Amazon. It's less than $60, but it comes in really handy, even for just everyday kind of kitchen tasks where you want to store food, you want to keep it fresher longer, then it works out really well. It kind of protects foods from freezer burn and things like that. But the items that go into my survival food kit, I want to last a long time as well. Now, the things I'm going to be talking to you about are pretty much, some of them last forever, and some of them will last as long as the 25-year food kits that, I, that we have. So, so all of these are meant to go ahead and last as long as the survival food that I have itself. All right, so I'm going to quickly go through these top 10 things that you might want to add in to your own survival food kits. Okay, and number one is bouillon cubes. So I'm talking about those little square bouillon cubes that come wrapped in, in tinfoil whatever it is, over in the uh, the soup section of your grocery store. And what I like about bouillon cubes is, number one, it gives you, they're high in sodium, so they're obviously meant to add flavor to things like soups. And sodium is something that you're going to, your body is going to lose a lot of when you are exerting yourself a lot. So if you're out foraging around a lot, any sort of thing, it, it could even just be disaster recovery, or it could even be a bug out scenario. So you're obviously going to sweat a lot, and when you sweat, you lose a lot of sodium from your body, and you need sodium in order to maintain optimal health and energy. You need those electrolytes. Salt is an electrolyte, and sodium is an electrolyte. Okay, so bouillon cubes will give you that, but here's the thing, is that if you do supplement your your survival food with other things, like if you learn different types of wild plants that you can use. Well, that's great. Even if it's just greens that you get, like dandelion greens or something like that. It could be tubers. Whatever you get as wild plants, those can be very useful to be able to supplement your, your dietary program. However, they're also not very tasty, okay? So if you get some water and you throw in some wild edible plants, that's fine, but it's not all that great tasting. Well, bouillon cubes can instantly turn that pot of water and wild greens into soup very, very easily, okay? So it makes it more palatable and allows you to get in the electrolytes as well as make things just a little bit more tastier when it comes to that, okay? All right, number two is Tabasco. 
This was something that every soldier knows makes everything taste better out in the field. Now, I, when I joined the military, I was, I didn't even know what Tabasco was. I'd never had it before, but I knew that the field food was not the greatest. And all of a sudden you become an instant fan of Tabasco. So if you are, uh, if you were ever in the military out there, I know these, those of you who are listening, I know we have a lot of active military, a lot of military guys overseas right now that are listening to me. We have a lot of great followers uh, that are still um, actively in battle zones. You know what I'm talking about with Tabasco. So Tabasco is one of those things that I put inside of the bag inside of the survival kits as well. And what I'd like to do is I put some duct tape around it just to make sure that it's going to last as long as it possibly can. So I try to seal it up to not allow any air or anything to get inside of there. And um, that's just going to increase the, the longevity of it. Okay, the third item is honey. So honey has a lot of survival uses, like a ton of them, and it's really kind of a miracle food when it comes to things that you should have inside of your survival pantry as well as your, as well as your survival food kits. So one is it has, it's antibacterial, it's an antifungal. Um, bees add an enzyme to the honey when they make it. Basically, honey is bee vomit, okay? But they add an enzyme to it that basically makes it like hydrogen peroxide. So it's very antibacterial. So that's that's very beneficial just by intaking this. I mean, a lot of people swear by it. They take a tablespoon of raw honey a day, and people say that they just never get sick, and they they attribute it partially to this antibacterial health effect health effect that it has. It also obviously is a sugar, which is one of the reasons why honey basically lasts forever. So at ancient ancient athletes, ancient Olympic athletes used to use honey to enhance their performance. Well, same thing for you. You're going to need to exert a lot of energy when it comes to disaster recovery or whatever survival scenario you're in. You're going to need energy. And honey is is a great way to increase your performance, increase your your stamina to be able to have it. It also helps with survival medicine. So uh, if, it'll, if you have anybody with a cough or has an irritated throat, honey helps with coughs. Um, it helps with throat irritation. My mother used to give it to me as a kid whenever I had a sore throat. It always seemed to really help. So so it has those medicinal properties as well. It even helps to heal wounds and burns. So if there is a, a if there is a wound like a, a burn on an arm or something like that or if you have a wound and you want to keep it from getting infected, just putting putting a layer of honey on that will help protect it, but it also has benefits for even treating it. In fact, there have been studies that have shown that an application of honey was as effective as a conventional treatment from doctors of sulfur, I'm sorry, silver sulfadiazine. So it works just as well as some modern medicines when it comes to healing wounds and burns. Okay, and that's that's partly probably because of the antibacterial nature of the actual wound itself, as well as the sealing of it and the sugars inside of it. So it works like that uh, for that as well. Now, even on the health side, Honey acts as a natural probiotic. Now, anytime that you are changing your diet rapidly or you are in a, in a survival scenario, your digestion can get messed up, your gut health can get messed up, there can be imbalance, an imbalance of probiotics in there. So it is a natural probiotic. So honey has that natural friendly bacteria that will help you as well. All right. And it will also help with gastrointestinal disorders. Okay. So honey is a, is a great thing to add in there as well. The only thing I would say is you want to make sure that it's actually raw honey. Now, raw honey is not processed, it's not pasteurized, it has no additives, 
it's in its natural state that helps preserve all of those positive benefits that you get from the from the health perspective. So make sure that it's raw honey. And it doesn't matter if it gets crystallized or anything like that. It, it'll still be good for you, okay? So just slap that in there. Okay, the next thing, actually the next two things have to do of, with how to deal in a radioactive environment. So um, as you know, you may have seen our, we have a nuclear survival program. And uh, this was really came out of working with Joel Skousen, who is the best-selling author of, of Strategic Relocation and is a is a is just an amazing consultant when it comes to survival locations and things like that. And the one thing that he's most worried about is a nuclear accident slash nuclear attack. And if you talk to Joel, he'll tell you that there is a plan for a nuclear attack within our country within the next five to ten years. Could be sooner, could be later, no one really knows. But we have um, several, uh, like a hundred and, I think it's 146, I want to say, uh, nuclear reactor plants or, and facilities around our country, as well as all of the targets that could be targeted by a nuclear assault from North Korea or Iran, such as things like military bases, electrical grid, and things like that. So it is possible that we could be facing a, areas of radioactive contamination. Now, in that, in that case, there are two things that can help you out, even nutritionally. So one is miso soup. Miso soup is a is a fermented soy soup. It is rich in iodine, so it helps to protect the thyroid and the iodine receptor-rich tissues that we have in our body during a radioactive contamination event. Um, it's also, because it's in a food form, it's easier to process than the potassium iodide tablets that people are normally used to seeing when it, for, you know, for, for, radio, for dealing with radioaction. So it's actually better assimilated and better. It'll also work really well just as a food. So it has the natural health benefits in it as well. The number five on the list are sea vegetables. So I'm talking about things like kelp, wakame, kombu. We're talking about seaweed, basically. And seaweed has a – these types of sea vegetables have a natural source of iodine in them also. But what's important about them is that they're rich in sodium alginate. And sodium alginate is a polysaccharide. And, and basically what it does is it in your body, it really seeks out and it binds – with the radioactive elements that might be assimilated into your body. And what it does is it transports them outside of your body. So b between the miso soup and the sea vegetables, then you're going to be able to protect yourself from the radiation as well as help heal yourself from any, ra any radiation exposure that you actually have. Okay. Um, so those are two very valuable things. You never know when it's going to be that kind of an environment. You can get dried seaweed and dry sea vegetables uh, very easily at a lot of Asian markets. Same thing with the miso soup. You can get instant miso soup, Asian markets, and a lot of uh, grocery stores as well. Okay. Number six on the list is hot cocoa. Now, hot cocoa will last forever because it's basically sugar and dried cocoa. It's freeze-dried, so all the liquid is out of it, so you don't have to worry about that spoiling the, the actual food. Now, the reason why hot cocoa is on, is on my list is because cocoa has natural compounds in it that boost serotonin and dopamine levels. So serotonin and dopamine are, are those feel-good chemicals in your brain. They're, what, they're, the, they're the chemicals that make you feel happy and content and relaxed. And obviously, during any type of a survival scenario, there's going to be anxiety, there can be depression, there's going to be nervousness, there's going to be a lot of stress. And so cocoa can actually help to elevate the chemicals in your brain 
and provide balance for you as well. So it's going to be a morale booster just from drinking the cocoa. But here's the other thing. We can pretty much assume that hospitals and pharmacies and a lot of medical care is not going to be available during times of extreme crisis for our country. So there are, there are a lot of people out there who are consistently taking on a daily basis drugs that are for antidepressants. So I'm talking about things like Prozac and things like that. So when there is no Prozac available and people have anxiety conditions, it only adds to the chaos. It adds to the, the stress that your family might experience or other people might experience. And so cocoa and the compounds between the sugar elevation as well as the cocoa itself, then they can basically act as kind of a virtual Prozac for those who suffer from depression or anxiety. So is it going to be as powerful as a pill? Maybe not. But can it help? Yeah, it absolutely can. So hot cocoa goes in my on my list as well. Number seven on the list is instant coffee packets. So I'm not talking about like the instant coffee jars and things like that. What I'm talking about are the individual packets. They come in, in single-serving little tubes, a lot of them are, and you can uh, just have those, and they're meant just for one cup of coffee. Now, these are great for things like bartering, for giving away to people that might want that might want something for building friends, for building uh, a survival team, and just for yourself as well. But coffee itself is uh, really powerful for all sorts of things. So one is it has the obvious stimulant properties, right? So not only if you're fatigued, which you normally will be, if you're mentally drained, you're physically drained, it has stimulant properties that will give you back some energy as well. But it also helps with mental clarity. So you're, this is a time during any type of survival scenario where you're going to need to make decisions that could be life-changing, right? So, so coffee can give you the, the, um, the mental clarity that you might need to be able to make decisions as well. Now, also on the, stamina, on, on the stimulant end, you're going to need to, on the, for security or other reasons, there might be times where you have to stay up at nighttime, times where our body is trying to tell us, no, it's time for you to go to sleep. And so if like you're on a security perimeter or something like that, or if you just need to be able to watch your home and you and your family are taking turns, just making sure that the area is secure, then coffee can obviously be a stimulant if you have it available, right? But here's the other thing that a lot of people don't know is that coffee actually has health properties as well. In fact, it has more antioxidants in a cup of coffee than it does in a cup of blueberries, which we naturally attribute to being healthy and full of antioxidants. Well, coffee has a lot of antioxidants in it, okay? Now, here's something you can do. When I was in the military uh, in the MREs that we had, which I'm not saying get MREs. I'm not a big fan of MREs. They have a shorter life, life uh, shelf life. They are heavy. They are will basically back you up for quite a while. Um, they, there's just lots of things about MREs that I really don't like. But one of the things I did like was anytime we were out in the field, if we had hot cocoa packets and we would take the single serving of the instant coffee that comes in the MREs and we would put them together, mix it all up, and then put in just a little bit of water to make it just uh, like a pudding consistency. Ranger pudding is what we called it. So this is really delicious. Again, it kind of gives, you know, desserts kind of give us that, that feeling of satisfaction and this, this sense of, um, the sense of pleasure and all of the things and the health benefits benefits that are involved in that that's that's all good so make some ranger pudding you've got the hot cocoa now you've got the instant coffee packets in there as well okay all right number 8 on the list are electrolyte powders so what i'm talking about here are the instant drink powders like Gatorade that do have electrolytes in them they have sodium they have 
obviously um, different types of sugars in there from long burning sugars to simple sugars. So they're good. Um, I can tell you that we were when we were in the field, um, basically it's always, I mean, would you rather drink out of a canteen of water or would you rather have some Kool-Aid or some flavored drink to go along with it? So um, eating was always kind of one of the things that took away the stress, right? When we're out in the field, it's under a lot of physical and mental stress. And so anytime we got to eat, if it was a good meal, it, it was a real morale booster for us. And if there was some sort of a flavored drink there, that was kind of like the icing on the cake. So um, it really, really good. But if you have electrolyte powder, not only are you getting flavored, flavored water, you help keep the kids maybe more hydrated, um, just don't make it too sugary and syrupy, but, um, but basically you get, you, you'll, you'll drink more if it's something that's pleasurable to taste, right? So a lot of times, you know, people get dehydrated and they don't really know it by giving them a slightly flavored, uh, drink, especially if it's one with electrolytes in it, then it's going to help to keep them, um, hydrated. Okay. So electrolyte powders, I really like those. I like to get the, um, the small packets. They come in, they come in like, uh, foil packets and those are better, I think, also than the, um, and the larger containers and stuff, okay? Number nine are alcohol packets. So what I mean by this is literally alcohol. I'm not talking about like alcohol for medicine. I'm talking about the alcohol that you drink because, well, for obvious reasons. One, you might just need a damn drink sometimes, right? So, um, so these work out really well. They're actually individual little like metallic packets or like um, uh, mylar packets of alcohol and they have everything from rum to whiskey to vodka to gem, you name it, they come in this little single serving, like a shot size little packet. And those are great because they're not like the little bottles where they get, um, they can get broken or anything like that. They're very durable, very lightweight. You can use those for trading as well. You can use those for bartering. You can use it to make friends. You can use it for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but these are, these are really good. And I suggest you put about six to 12 of those inside of your bag as well. Now you can get these at a lot of the different, um, uh, the different liquor stores that are out there will have them oftentimes up near the counter where the other little single serving shot size little bottles are. Uh, you can even find them at sometimes at convenience stores, wherever they serve alcohol, you'll find them as well. So pretty easy to find, and I, I love these little things. Uh, and then finally, number 10 on the list are Jolly Ranchers. Now, I can tell you that when I was in the military and we were doing maybe like a 100-yard road march, anytime we were doing a road march with these heavy rucksacks, these backpacks, um, you get to be pretty miserable, okay? Your back starts hurting, your shoulders start hurting, you've got blisters on your feet, you've got chafing, you are, you just, the aches and pains are coming. And so I can tell you that one of the big things that we did was everybody brought Jolly Ranchers to the field. So Jolly Ranchers are a hard candy. If you don't know what they are, you can get them in bulk and they last pretty much forever because they're just basically sugar with some, a little bit of corn syrup and a little bit of uh, flavoring and that's it. In fact, true story, I um, was showing my son some of my old army gear I was showing them some of my old web gear from when I was in the Army. And um, in the bottom of one of my ammo pouches was a Jolly Rancher. We always had them, like, on standby. They were always, like, inside of our inside of our ammo pouches because we needed to have them ready while we were walking. We didn't couldn't just stop and just throw a Jolly Rancher in. So um, so it was a big morale booster for us to have them. So I, I, I found this Jolly Rancher in the bottom of my 
ammo pouch, and it must have been, it must be about 20 years old just by dating the my web gear. And uh, sure enough, it was still intact. A little bit tacky on the outside. It was, a, you know, it gets a little bit, you know, I'm sure it's been through heat and things like that, but uh, popped it in my mouth and tasted just perfectly fine to me. So grab a, a, a bunch of Jolly Ranchers and put those in the bag as well. Now, literally, you want to put these inside of a bag. So if you look at the vacuum sealer bag that we talked about before, you just put all of this in there, uh, mini bottles of like Tabasco, you've got all your alcohol in there, different things like that. Um, it'll it'll come out to being about um, about a foot or so by a foot, so it's about you know it's 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 very it's very compact, especially when you put it through the vacuum sealer. So it sucks all of the air out and then it seals it all off to help just make sure that everything in there is just a little bit more um, just more preserved. Okay, so it'll last as long as your survival food kits. Okay, so that's the list of the top 10 things that I add to my survival food kits. Just to go down the list one more time, if you're taking notes, number one are bouillon cubes. Number two is a smaller bottle of Tabasco. Number three is raw honey. Make sure that it's raw honey, okay? Number four is miso soup. You can get that in instant version. Number five are sea vegetables. Number six are hot cocoa packets. Number seven are instant coffee packets. Number eight is in electrolyte powder packets, so flavored, flavored electrolyte powder packets. Number nine are alcohol packets. We've got a lot of packets going here, don't we? So, uh, so alcohol packets. And then number, ton, number 10 are Jolly Ranchers, okay? So throw all that inside of your vacuum sealer bag, seal it on up, throw it in your food kits, and you're ready to go. All right, so that's my list. Go ahead and steal my secrets right now. Add it to your own survival food kits, and I look forward to hearing what you have inside of your food kits. So go ahead and leave a comment on the blog now. What would you add to this list? What's another thing that will last 25 years or longer that you would add to your survival food kits that you think everybody will benefit from? Go ahead and leave a comment on the blog. I look forward to hearing what you've got. And until our next Modern Combat Survival Broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, Prepare now. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.